Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Jake and today I'm joined by... Chris. Ames. And Caitlin. And we're going to be discussing the first of four Star Trek The Next Generation motion pictures. That's right, folks. We're talking about Star Trek Generations. Talking about generations. Apparently, my generations. In some regions, they do like, they kept the numbering going. Oh, so this is Star Trek 7 for yeah, some people? Yeah, I've, see, I've seen that huh, reference a that's bunch. That's kind of funny. I think in Europe it's Star Trek 7 All generations. All right, well, there you go. Star Trek 7 generations. It's a lot it's of a, generations. It sure is. episode 142 that's right we've been doing this a long okay so in (laughs) star trek generations let's see how do i synopsize this film okay so we open up we're on the enterprise b that's the b is in boy and it is an excelsior style ship captained by cameron from ferris bueller and they've brought on board some press people and some dignitaries, including our boys Kirk and Scotty and Chekhov. Press still exists in this future? Of course. Why we never it? we never see news. Press is essential to a to a free society. So yes. Really? Well, I'm just saying we've never seen anyone get like a news clip well, of anything. They, you don't of, often see press people on boats. We don't see civilians uh, much on this show. Yeah, I, I buy it. I don't what. Well, because we're like the the people who these are the people making the news. They know yeah, what's the going. Yeah, fucking Let's do yeah, this listen, after. Listen, I'm just I'm just irate. So they're in the so they're on the ship. They are doing their maiden voyage, and uh, they get a distress signal. So they have to go and check it out. And it turns out it's the Lacool and another ship, and they are transporting survivors from the Borg invasion of uh, of Aloria or wherever. And uh, so they they're caught in some kind of thing, and they manage to beam a handful of them off. Most of them get killed. But, oh, then, yeah. but then the ship itself, the Enterprise, gets trapped in this thing. So in order to free it, they have to do some shit with the deflector. So, so uh, sorry, Kirk goes down, does his thing, and they free themselves. But then right as they're pulling away, the big dick of the of the thing comes out and slaps Kirk up the mouth, and uh, he's dead, or seemingly so. Fast forward a little while later. Uh, 78 years. 78 years later, Worf takes a dip, so does uh, Crusher, yada, yada, yada. Renee's dead. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we get called to this distress call at this, uh, this observatory, and it's in space, and they get there, and there's an old guy, and oh, wait, we've seen this old guy before. He was on the Enterprise B. He's one of the Alorians they rescued. That's weird. But anyway, Anyway, looks like some Romulans came, attacked it, so fuck. While they're there, they find out some bullshit about uh, trilithium, and then uh, so Jordy and Data go over. Oh, by the way, Data has emotions now. Uh, Data freaks out because he doesn't know how to deal with the emotions. And there, hey, look, there's that weird old guy. Oh, he's actually kind of creepy and weird. Oh, God, he's kidnapped Jordy. Then they, he blows up the star of the uh, of this system that they're in, and right before the thing can come and blow everybody up, these Klingons decloak and beam off this guy, Doctor Soren, and he kidnaps 
Jordy, and then our crew managed to make it off safely, but not, but you know, they, everything else in the system gets destroyed. So, what's going on? Well, we find out that this guy, uh, Soran, is a fanatic. He's trying to get back to this thing called the Nexus, which is where he was when he was inside that space anomaly on the Enterprise B before they beamed him out. And uh, Guinan's like, man, it's like an orgasm 24 7 in there. So, so that's why he's trying to get back, and he's obsessed with it. He'll do anything to get back there, including blowing up another star and killing millions of people on a planet. Mm-hmm. So Picard's like, we can't let this stand. So let's go check it out. They go check it out. The the, the uh, they get there and they discover, oh my god, that that Klingon ship that was the 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 Duras sisters. Oh god, they're cunty. <coughs> so the Duras sisters call up and they're kind of weird. They're like, we'll beam you down to the planet, Captain, uh, in ex- in exchange for giving you Geordi. So I don't really know what we got out of this deal. Nothing. Nothing. But whatever. Why? So they do that. They send Jordy back. Well, it turns out they put a webcam in his uh, in his visor, and they manage to scoop a piece of vital information, the Enterprise's shield frequency, off of a screen that, that Jordy looked at. And then they're with that information, they're able to make their torpedoes go right through the shield. So they attack the Enterprise. They manage to do some serious damage. The Enterprise does get find a, a weakness and blow them up too. But uh, in the meantime, they've they've dealt the fatal blow, and the Enterprise blows up. Well, the bottom half does anyway, and the top half crashes into the planet. I haven't seen saucer separation in a while. Yeah, well, it's been a long while. So uh, they yeah, but they do. We see it here, and uh, it doesn't go well. <laughs> um, so the yeah, the bottom half blows up. The top half crashes into this planet. I mean, Troy was driving, so what can we expect? Wow. Um, <laughs> Data could have taken the wheel. Oh, wait. He was busy laughing hysterically. Jesus <laughs> could have taken the wheel. Seriously. Jesus can't drive. Um, <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, down on the planet, Picard uh, is fighting with this guy, Soren, to try and get control of this missile that's going to blow up the star. But uh, instead of going after the missile, he goes after the man. And uh, it's too late. Uh, the guy... the. Missile fires off, blows up the sun, and everyone dies except Soren and Picard get sucked into this Nexus thing. And then Picard has this weird Victorian Christmas fantasy. And then he goes and he meets who else but James Kirk. Guinan. Oh, right. Yes. Who's also in the Nexus. And Picard's like, hey, Kirk, you got to come back with me and uh, fight this guy. Punch him in the face. And Kirk's like, punch the dude in the face. I'm there. So they go. Uh, they go to this, uh, the back to the the place right before the the missile went off, and they punch Soren in the face. They disable the missile. Kirk falls down. Go boom. Uh, <laughs> and they manage to save everybody except for Kirk, who dies. The end. That was actually really good, mm. really quick. I was expecting quicker. All right. Well, I think I'm going to start this off by showing you guys live. Mm-hmm. The, the audience can listen in, and I'll share this on the on the Facebook or something as well. But watching what was originally going to be how this this movie was going to open, but they cut it. Is it oh, clear? I know what this is going to be. There he is, there to the south. What the? Are you blind? That's a bird. I'm sorry. What the fuck? Ooh. Just 
like that it's interspliced with the champagne bottle. Oh, is. that's what that is. I see that. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good footage. Yeah. It's also just a stupid idea. Yeah. So Kirk is parachuting in from space. For those who, who aren't watching this live with us. No, I also didn't know what was going on, so I'm grateful for your narration. comedy trope of like, I won't do it! Cut to them doing it. Yeah, I'm glad they cut that. Uh, that so, was pretty stupid. I think the worst part of this movie, there's a lot of bad parts, but the worst part is sitting there through that whole opening sequence just going, okay, so that was supposed to be McCoy's line. Oh, yeah. That was supposed to be Spock's line. There were a bunch of those. Mm. Yeah, because they, they could only get Chekhov and and doing and obviously you know they had Shatter in from the get-go because they were like what if we die and he's like yeah all right cool he had a Han Solo clause before the Han Solo clause they originally mm. asked Nimoy to direct and Nimoy said no you should have asked me way earlier than this and also I don't want to direct this piece oh did they ask him really last minute they asked him more last minute than I think he would have liked because you know he looks at the script Jake stop destroying that placemat it's already destroyed so, oh, I'm fixing it no you're not I gotta take these loose ones out as I say, yeah, so they, they, they loop him in when the script's basically already done, and he looks at it, and it's like, this, the all the, the scenes for Spock and McCoy and Uhura and Sulu and, you know, anybody else, they're, it's the first 15 minutes of the movie, and they all could just be given to each other, and they're like, yes, we'll just do that. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing, right, or the dumb thing. This movie's called Star Trek Generations, and the implication I always would think is that this would be a movie where the old crew and the new crew have some kind of adventure together mm-hmm. but that's not what it is at all no it's 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 you know it's an opening scene that has kirk and then kirk shows up in the last 15 minutes of the movie with picard with picard and dies and dies and like yeah i mean the way they they publicized it it was basically the two captains are back yeah, yeah. From, from, from what i gather yeah but even even it would have even that would have been more interesting if there had been more screen time i think for kirk yeah they really made it i remember the old ads like the ads were mostly look it's picard look it's kirk look it's stellar cartography we spent a lot of money on that scene and we are yeah. going to use it in like every trailer oh not just That's that really, like, pretty it set. was a pretty cool set but i remember like, a lot of the i remember watching because I was I was so hyped for this movie. Oh yeah, I was oh, yeah. super hyped, and I remember you know watching a lot of behind the scenes stuff. 
and you know one of the things that they kept talking about was the stellar cartography the stellar cartography and it was it was computer animated and it was you know an er, a pretty well done early example it holds up fairly well yeah. they're they're composited into it quite well yeah it looks good but that was a you know a big thing oh you know we're building a new set for the enterprise yada 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 but yeah and then they blow it up yeah they blew it up in like the dumbest way possible so, as I'd said before, like, TNG was the one I'd seen the least of as a kid, mm-hmm. but I saw the movies mm. frequently because they were always on TV. So because of this, I had thought I was going to see way, way more of the Dura sisters than we did. Oh. I thought there in, is in, no... In the show, yeah. you mean? I thought oh, yeah, there like is no way recurring villains. they are going to let just random assholes blow up the Enterprise. But it turns out... They let random assholes... Like, I mean, we saw them more than most of the villains, I want to say. Yeah, but they... We saw them, like, they were pivotal in the Civil War arc. And then they were a throwaway thing in Worf's, you know, Alexander back from the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a DS9 we'll see them in. But it's like, really? Yeah. Them? No matter when they appear, they're always sort of like goofy yeah. things, you know. Like they were, they were Sela's little, uh, you know, playthings yeah. uh, during the Klingon Civil War arc, and they're always even in this, they're just fucking goofy. Legitimately, oh, yeah. the the line in which they're like, "Oh, human females are so ugly." I'm just looking at this, and, and like I said to to Caitlin, like they they remind me of the Sanders sisters from Hocus Pocus. Just yeah. the way the way they're delivering, mm. like so connivingly. Yeah. It honestly would have made more sense. It still wouldn't have been good, but it would have made more sense, even though he had just as few appearances. But if it was fucking Daimon Bach, because no. at least he has a, a like a hate on for Picard. I mean, I or would... like Tomalock. Make it the Romulans. Well, yeah, and I was going to say the Romulans, either Tomalock or even God forbid, Sela. Yeah, I mean, because and we even get teased in this yeah. movie with the Romulans. Because I know. I had a note early on, like, why aren't we seeing more of this Romulan thing? Well, no, they're just gone. They, they were just there to, to attack the station. We saw and, and one dead it. one, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, first of all, in terms of Star Trek movies, the Klingon, the Klingons as villains, is fucking played. Yeah, three, five, and six already had Klingon villains. Mm-hmm. And Six was perfect, so you didn't really need to... That See, that's the real reason it was Larson and Bator. So they could just use that explosion They wanted to use again. that fucking <laughs> explosion. Yep. Yeah, it's Lazy very it's very fucks. confounding how they wedge the Romulan thing in, and then they mm-hmm. wedge the Klingons in, when really yeah. we should be focusing more on this Soran guy. Yeah. Who's... They, honestly, like he needs more to him to feel like a villain because right now he just—it just sounds like he's a guy who wants to go back on LSD after yep. being off it for a while. Yeah, you know, it could be—I um, could actually see it being the Ferengi, but again, they're so goofy and fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Do we get the Cardassians in any of the movies? They're good. No, nope. like um, them. By the time we get to the next movie, the the Cardassians are not—they're involved in different shit. So we won't see them. I mean, yeah, ideally, really, they would have just focused on their villain. But yeah. I'm just saying, if the studio had to insist, like, we need someone from the show as the bad guy, well, there were better options than those two dingbats. Well, the other thing, too, is that, I, you know, I don't agree that Star Trek movies require a villain. No, that's true. But, but the no, studio TMP would kind of... No, didn't have a villain, and that was 
very in- like it was an interesting story. I mean, I would even say that that five. I mean, you, yes, Cybok's a villain, but God is the villain. Um, God is the true but, villain. Yeah, well, all. that's the thing. At the end of the day, Cybok's not all that bad a guy. He's just really misguided. Incredibly, and four. Yeah, the four, probe four didn't have a villain, doesn't yeah. mean to be fucking everything up. It doesn't understand and that like, it is. And like, it's here's the pen-pills. thing: like, Soren is just such a stupid villain. I mean, really, in four, the villain is Whalers. Yeah. You get this whole, like, everything about this movie just irritates me. Like, mm. it's not enough to be, like, oh, man, this sucks so bad. It's just it's just irritating. Yeah. The missed opportunities. Yeah. The fact that, like, why like why did they even hire? Like, they didn't hire the, you know, Uhura. And, you know, they, didn't, they didn't hire most of the cast of the original. They shouldn't have bothered hiring Gates McFadden and Marina Sirtis either because... They did bar- barely anything. Yeah. They're, like, I'm pretty sure Dr. Crusher has... Five lines at in most, the movie at most. Six. She gets to take a dip. Yeah, she, she takes, Troy takes the con. And here's the thing: Troy I finds am, a cat. I am, you know, I'm pretty sure that first scene with the fucking boat thing was added just to give Gates McFadden something to do because otherwise she wouldn't have factored into this movie whatsoever. Mm. She has the one thing that I can remember her doing is explaining to Riker who Soren is, which mm. isn't even something that she would be doing. Like somebody like Data would have looked that up or something. Yeah, that's you know? like why Data she, was busy having lots she, of emotions. Why is she briefing on who Soren is? I don't understand. Yeah. There's a lot of dog activity going um, on right now. Apologies. So there wasn't any kind of like medical thing that you nope. had to do. She had to protect some kids. That was also like clearly whatever photo they were using in the Enterprise database. Was from some sort of earlier makeup test for Soren mm. that they abandoned because like the scarring on his face was a lot more noticeable and there was a lot more of it. Maybe that was just fresh. Yeah, maybe that was taken after he was rescued from the Lacool and he still had facial damage. Yeah, maybe that's the idea. But I I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it actually He's very long livid. He's been Mm. he's been he's been powdering it up. Mm. (laughs) Um for years and years and years. So that's irritating Oh my god, Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner is so The whole data subplot. My own my thought the whole time as I'm watching this is if they'd made this just like an episode of TNG in season seven, that would be fine. Yeah, like that would be a two-parter. This yeah. would have been better than Gambit. I mean, I I don't know if you could squeeze a two-parter out of it. It's just how does Data learn to cope with having emotions? That's no. Old. I'm thinking this whole movie. Oh, the whole could movie. have been a two-parter. Uh... I think I prefer Gambit. Well, you wow. liked Gambit. You put it on your tops. So yeah, but Gambit I still again? Gambit's um, the Space Pirates one. Yeah. Ugh. No but offense. no, look, I j- just excise the data thing entirely because it's or, it's very irritating in this movie when you want him yeah. to be doing things. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think... So here's the thing. I feel like a lot of shit must have got dumped in, in the writing and the, in the editing of this film because the whole Picard dealing with Renee being dead, mm. like, it's factors in at the beginning when he first learns about it and he's all upset and he's looking at his, you know, his his uh, Lisa Frank uh, Finder. Fucking, yeah, photo, photo album. album. Yeah, what's up with that, right? He's got this, like, old-timey leather-bound thing with a crest on the front. He opens up, he's got this little fucking tacky-ass well, holographic borders on the future pictures. Also, when has anybody ever looked at a photo album on Star Trek? They're all on computers. I, yeah, yeah, he should have had, like, a, a tablet question. or something. Like, even today, how many people and he maintain goes back, photo albums? He goes back and he saves the photo album instead of priceless relics. I know, did you know? Where there's plenty of room <laughs> on that fucking ship he could have 
notice? Did you notice how before he finds the photo, yeah. he picks up that fucking that thing from the chase, the thing yeah. that he almost came himself over, yeah. and he just like sets it down, almost. just like just like yeah. Oh, look, smash the, fo- it. the fucking see, photo that's, album. That's what's not important anymore. And I get that. Yes, this photo album is so important stupid. to you. But, all but the surely photos, someone has digital backup. Yeah, they're in the both. Oh, or how about yeah. you don't bring priceless oh, yeah. family artifacts on the ship that gets blown up? Well, well or children. Said, yeah, many, like, many children. Well, no, um, fucking but, fuck the children. But regardless. What uh, are we talking about? I was Renee. saying how, Something like, yeah, Renee. he doesn't, so he gre- he's grieving about Renee, and that factors at the beginning, and then there's, like, a scene in 10 Forward where Soren tries to use that against him, but it doesn't really work. And then, uh... He had, and then there's like one scene with data and stellar cartography where it like is hinted at that that like you have to learn to deal with your emotions. Suck it up, data. But I feel like that was that was what the movie, sh- well, was trying to, was started to set up and then didn't finish was yeah. a data Picard parallel mm. oh. dealing with data dealing with his emotions and with. You know, having feeling no, like that he didn't failed Jordy, it, and it then turned Picard, into too yeah. many jokes was well, yeah. the problem. Oh yeah, the like, jokes God, got awful. old There's so like fast. Two, so on two the other good hand, jokes. Data saying "Oh shit" is go- is fine. Oh my God, yeah. it was great. There's like one more is fine. Anything else is superfluous. Yeah, yeah, and I get that in the scene on the on the space station when Data was really newing it up. I feel like, you know, they were trying to be like, yeah, he's not well. There's there's actually something wrong here. He can't handle it. I think that could have been done without as much as they did with, you know, yeah. all the, like, open sesame and, and all that garbage. I didn't hate the open sesame thing. I did. But everything else was awful, so it was just sort of like... It became too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt. And it, yeah, was, it was a and confluence of issues. And it wasn't paralleling any of the no. other... Moments no. of loss yeah, in this I movie. I don't remember Picard having any like hysterical laughing mental breakdowns about there was anything. There was a better parallel between Picard and Kirk over the when do you have time to have a family kind mm. of thing when he looks at at Sulu's daughter and says, yeah. Jesus Christ, Sulu had an awesome looking kid. She's doing great in Starfleet, all this stuff. How did he find the time? And pa- and Stuart saying not Stuart, but uh, Picard saying like, man, I'm the last Picard now because none all of my relatives have died off. Mm. That is so frustrating too because that's just like like so much in this film was just overridden. Not anti-clim- It's like we're gonna blow up the ship not because it narratively makes sense, but because we want to make a new one for the next one. Like that's clearly what that was. Well, about. I think part of the problem too is that the Enterprise. D model yeah. was I mean it was a I've I've always heard that the model itself there's I think there was a twelve foot and like a four foot model or something mm. or an eight foot and a four foot something like that there was a twelve but they were incredibly cumbersome to work with and to get shots of just because of how big they were and how you'd have to mount them yeah and that beyond that they also were not detailed enough for film because yeah. like the Enterprise D model was designed for television so th- the windows are just backlit there's nothing in the windows Mm. so on a tv screen that's fine but on a movie size screen if you you know it's going to look weird that i mean it's going to look like a model yeah so they um i think that they wanted to replace they you know they didn't want to just recreate the d model or upgrade that one significantly they wanted to build a new model yeah Yeah, i know they had to do a lot of updates for it just to be in this movie because they took the saucer off and threw it around this uh little forest little mini forest set when they did the crash landing on the planet. Mm. 
So yeah, Which so actually, it looks, it looks fine. Yeah, yeah, the crash was fine. But yeah, so they blew up the ship for, like, real-world reasons that didn't really, I don't know, feel right in the narrative. They fridged Renee and uh, Robert. Robert just so... Like, I think this is the first example I can ever think of of, like, a male fridging of male characters. Mm. Um, uh, Patrick Stewart, originally it was just Robert dying of a heart attack, and Patrick Stewart said, let's kill off Renee too, so that so that Picard has more of a reaction. And so he doesn't have to work with children anymore. Well, I know, there were so many children you had to work with in this film, though. Yeah, that's true. I, they I, were mutants. I will say, though, that English was... English mutants! That was one thing that was pretty funny. Was, uh, Careful with Riker, he's broken. I know. Was uh, Jake has some little figurines out? Yeah, these 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 were these were promotional yeah, and, promotional and, and figurines. Riker, Riker's foot isn't went, doing great. Yeah, he's broken, but and he smacked into a chair one day. Kirk, but um, got, uh, not that looks like Lursa. Yeah, it's one of them. We got uh, Soren, Data, and Picard. I noticed they are. Picard uh, does not look well. I noticed they're all in the, uh, all the TNG folks were in the newer uniforms. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing that was garbage about this movie. The fucking uniform switching. It's only that they, they fluctuate scene to scene, which is the most irritating part. So there are literally scenes where you have Geordi and Data in a room together, and Geordi's in the old uniform, and Data's in the DS9 uniform, and there's no reason why they're switching. We need to dust that a little. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. dust dust those before you take a photo. <laughs> and then you, and then you get Patrick Stewart, who's in the original costume, and then he switches to the DS9 costume, and then at the end, he's back in the original costume again, yeah. and I nearly threw something. Well, and isn't, like, isn't the reason Freak's sleeves were all fucked up was because they didn't have time to make him one, so he's in, like, um, what's Cisco's real name? Oh, yeah, is it Cisco's? Avery Might be Cisco's. I think he's in like Avery Brooks's. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah and I think he doesn't I, have a red. Yeah, O'Brien's yellow. I think if anything, they put. Jordy's in O'Brien's. But I think I think Cisco's the only red shirt on DS9. I think until Worf comes along. Yeah, yeah Worf Worf is, but but he's not at this point. So yeah, yeah. So he's he probably in Avery Brooks. Yeah, and so on the one hand, that does look bizarre, but does have some real world precedent. But they just flip. Why wouldn't they all change at once? Wait, so, so what is the real world? Well, so here's the thing. Like, there's no sense for them for someone who already wore the new one going back to the old one. That makes no sense. No. But when, so I know, like, well, at the, least address it so it doesn't look like a mistake. Right. Yeah, that's what it ends up like, oh yeah, when are you going to change to your new co- new costume, Jordy? So the thing with um, uniform changes, oh, at least in the actual military, is what they do is they set out a new uniform code, and then it's like everyone has to be at this code by X date. Well, that's. See, so, that... So we're actually in the middle of something like that right now for either the Army or the Navy. So, like, in theory, there is actually a real-world thing where you might see two people on the same vessel in slightly dissimilar uniforms. Of course, the differences wouldn't be quite as extreme as this. And it is still dumb, because if you don't know that, like I didn't until I saw this article one day, like, to normal people, you're just sitting there going, Why? (laughs) Because you don't know that this is apparently something that can actually happen. I don't know. Yeah, I buy that for the U.S. military because here's the thing. You don't have replicators? You don't have replicators. And it takes time for quartermasters to sort that shit out. Yeah, get everyone's measurements. But Stop when, just stealing O'Brien's But on the Starship, uniform. you would think it would just be like Starfleet would send out a thing saying, Hey, on uh, you know on January 5th, everyone start wearing the new uniforms. Replicate old... yourself a new uniform. Yeah. And, and that will be it. Because it does, and, and, and especially in a movie, yeah, it does end up looking weird, like somebody fucked up, like mm-hmm. like they ran out of time 
to create the uniforms. Yeah, well, especially when Picard, like you said, Ames, like goes to the new one and then back yeah. to the old one. Yeah, like I, a lot of them, I didn't, I didn't particularly notice, but that one, I, I happened to look and say, wait a minute, black on the top, no collar. What? Yeah. Why? Everyone looked so much better in the nautical uniforms on the ship. Honestly, they should have just stayed in that the whole day long. But that's that's mostly that I think those look fucking great. I want to talk about a different toy thing, though, and that's that they actually, like, the costumer did actually create all new uniforms for this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, they would have looked more akin to the TOS movie uniforms oh. um, with the with the flappy bit that comes down and the collar that comes oh, up. Oh, yeah, I feel like I've seen a drawing of that at some I point. I have them right here. I'm going to oh, show brilliant. you, and I'll, and I'll share them on the... On the Oh, they even made action figures. Yeah, they made action figures Probably these prototypes. Because they did not tell the, the toy line... Did I write down Playmates. what they were? Playmates. They didn't tell them in time that they weren't doing these uniforms. So you can actually see, if you scroll past the article, that they would have had that, that flappy bit at the top and the collar come up higher. And they had the, the ranks on the sleeves and on the collar, which I think is it's, redundant. Again, it's like when they had the on the badge and the, it's one or the other people, not both. I do like that design, though. I kind of wish they'd gone with that. I mean, I mean, it's it's reminding, it like. reminds me of the Admiral uniform. A little bit, yeah. That... Yeah, but these toys exist in the world, which is which I think is kind of. I mean, funny. did they act did like? Did they redo them once they figured out that there was an issue? What do you mean? Like, did they redo the toys? Because I have a ton of toys. From no, they, they, like these toys are still out, and I think the only reason they didn't, and this those. this infuriates me as well, is that the only reason they didn't decide to do this costume for the new uniforms was because they were like, oh, well, we're already changing. Some elements of the ship and this, that, and the other thing. And we're changing a couple other things. We don't want to change too much for the movies or people won't know what's going on. That's... And yet they do the stupid flipping back and forth between DS9 and TNG uniforms, which is even more distracting. Mm. I feel like mm. the average audience goer isn't really noticing this shit. No. Oh, is there's... This, is this your Kirk right yeah, here? Yes, it is. Does he have the hel helmet? Yeah, yes, the helmet. he does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, and he's got a big yeah. bottle. Did you have the bottle a... of Dom Perignon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a little blue. It's a blue bottle of uh, just champagne. And those are Star Trek II trading cards. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Oh, and these are from other movies. Um, that was fun. We'll be sure to share that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, why do they make some of these fucking decisions? Yeah, it's an excellent question. But anyway, like, the, uh, the point is, though, and I want to talk to Caitlin, because Caitlin and I, I don't think we don't, I don't think we dislike this movie. No, I didn't hate it. Like, I, I expected it to be trash. I expected it to be really bad, yeah, based on what I've been told. Because what I've been told is, oh yeah, you've seen First Contact? That's the good one. And I was like, ooh. Oh, see, I love First Contact. First though. Contact is, like, fine. But for it to be the highlight of a four-film series, it's like... Ouch. I've got to rewatch First Contact First Contact, and determine if it's my favorite of all the movies. Like you haven't seen the all last ten? two either, though. Do you mean all ten or just all ten? Yeah. Oh shit! Is it ten? Yes. Ten. No, it's ten. Ten. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was like okay. I thought that I needed like ten minutes less of Patrick Stewart and Malcolm McDowell old manning around <laughs> on the planet. Like I said, it's it's the most thrilling old man fight until up. No, the fight was good. That was the good part. But it was like the twenty minutes of McDowell oh, being like, around. do you? You don't have anything better to do? It's like, no, asshole, you've literally, you know, trapped me in a force field in the middle of a quarry, it looks like. So, no, I don't really have anything to do. And I don't really understand... I don't really understand how his plan worked. Like, Thorns? I understand... Yeah, I understand. Or the, or the Nexus plan. <laughs> yes? 
the plan to get out of the well, next. No, no, that I understood. The ribbon plan. Okay, I have a lot of rant to do about the next. So I mean, obviously, obviously, there's a major timing issue with him blowing up that star, like that late in the game, and it somehow yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? So like the the nexus is already visible in the atmosphere of this planet. Any change that you would make to the gravitational whatever is not going to... Like, the thing's going to be long past well, by the time that takes effect. And according to stellar cartography, until he makes the change, it's supposed to not even touch the atmosphere right. of the planet. Mm-hmm. Unless oh, it's yeah, that big funny. and that bright that from... If it's you know, that big and that bright, then why don't anybody else seem to know about this thing? Yeah, well... And also, why didn't... like like. They've talked. They are, they must have taken accounts from the survivors of what was it called the the Dracul or some shit. Lacool. Lacool. You know they talked to Whoopi. They talked to Sauron. You know, eighty seven years ago, however long it was, seventy eight. Same thing. And to ask them like, where the fuck were you guys? But what happened? And they'd be like, we were in the Nexus. Let's explain to you what the Nexus well, is. Well, uh, so how about okay? You want to talk? Well, I don't think they debriefed the Elorians at all. No. Why? Be- because well, they were too busy. L- l- I don't mourning know. Kirk? But beyond the fact that they don't know what the Nexus is, they also don't know what the fucking Borg are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that. Oh, fuck up. And I know that's a little bit of cannon cop. Um, no, but you're right. But because yeah, it's a. It's, no, but here's the thing: you, yeah. you, you, if they had introduced the Elorian before. The fact, I don't know, it just, it makes no sense because they've already introduced the Borg. They've already introduced that the Borg destroyed the the Elorian's planet. And they already introduced, even in this movie, that they were ex- escaping the Borg. Yeah. So the fact that Starfleet didn't know about the Borg until Q showed them, either the Elorians, maybe they're listeners, maybe they, they, they listen. They listen, they, but they, they don't they, tell. They, they don't tell, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. No one asked. Maybe. I was too busy bitching to them. Yeah, so the Make fact that they that they don't know about the Nexus and they don't know about the Borg... That's a very good point. Is, uh, ...makes me think that they either didn't debrief these people or these people are just assholes that yeah. don't tell anybody really, it's anything. Really, that the writers fucking forgot because they were so busy being like, how do we link Kirk and Picard? I know, Guinan, because she's long-lived. That will work. Here's an idea for Dr. Soren, who apparently spent 78 years trying to figure out how to get the Nexus. You get a spaceship as close as it can get without getting destroyed. Jump out. Yes. <laughs> Put on a fucking spacesuit with a little like rocket pack like Spock had, and you fly into it. So or, why can't? Or even just get a spaceship or a shuttlecraft because if one of the little tendrils zaps your ship, Barely. you go in. Yeah. Kirk, 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 Kirk went. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's that befuddled me entirely. That's always why me off it's so movie. stupid. Why can't? I mean, also why can't ships? Enter the Nexus. They complode. Well, they get destroyed, but, but the people that's inside, okay. then the people should be taken out. They should be, And, yes. you know, they're lionfishes and their spots and whoever else is on board. Yeah, but apparently that's not how it works. But again, spacesuit. Jump yeah, out. Jump out. Get a, hop in a... Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really not... It, like, that anymore. causes the whole film to collapse in on itself. Is that that... Yeah, he could just fly into it with a fucking ship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, I as I've said, I, I have a section in my notes ded- that is called dedicated ranting about the Nexus because it makes no fucking sense. Like I wrote so down, stupid. it's basically you know the whole the whole happy, the contagious happy shit from the Final Frontier, and also the jizz flowers of this side of paradise combined, where it's just like you just want to be happy all the time, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the bad guy of your movie is happiness. <laughs> but yeah. it also makes no fucking sense. No. And I'd like to, I'd like to to pull the room. How did they get out? 
Yeah, I don't know that either. Believing in themselves? They clicked their heels together three times and thought there's no place like that. Well, because here's some more problems with that, too. Guinan right? was there? Right. So for here, reasons? Well, here, okay, here's... Here, I'm going to just make a litany of problems here. Yep. Okay, so let's start with Guinan. Yes, Because please. the Guinan... So Guinan was in the Nexus 78 years ago. Yep. Now, at that point, she did know Picard. Yep. But she didn't... She, like, she wouldn't have context for their current predicament. No. Like, she, would, she wouldn't know... Is she Picard's imagination? That's what I was always... It's, I've always thought, thought this was fucked up. It's, it's really Because like, I, could, really her, I, could, I could see her being like, Hey, John luc do you remember me from from Earth? Remember yeah. Sam Clemens? From no that, one wants to Sister Act and Sister Act 2. And, 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 you know, and then he could be like, Hey, one, I need your help. And then he could explain the plot to her. But they did, couldn't do that because... You know, maybe people haven't seen the show, so... And also, Ooh. we don't need to sit there Ooh. and listen to it. I have a I have a fix. I have a fucking fix that would have fixed all of this, and I don't know why they didn't do... Well, they didn't do this. It would have been too complicated, but it would have fixed this, and that's that. So we have Enterprise crash-landed on the planet. is about to be destroyed by the sun exploding, all that stuff. Why did none of them get eaten up by the, the string filament, whatever the fuck? If they had, then you'd get Whoopi in the Nexus with them, and she'd be able to say, Hey, Picard, I've been here before. Here's what's going on. Here's what your options are. By the way, I happen to know Kirk is here. I don't know how I know this. Because I either am here all, at all times or only this time. But sure. So I, I Go my, ask him. Even though for some reason he just got here. My only other thought is that, is that the Guinan that he sees in the Nexus is neither. What? His imagination nor is it actually Guinan. <sighs> that it is in fact some... The Nexus itself. It is a... It is a, it is a, a, a a consciousness that resides within the nexus is like a something I don't know. Okay, here's here's and I'm sure people have posited this before. Here's the easiest way to explain all of it. Picard never leaves. Go everything on. everything we see in Star Trek from after here this on out is is, is all nexus. Oh. the nexus. It's just the nexus like realized that. it's kind of like how in the Matrix they talk about we tried to make you a paradise, but your mind has kept rejecting hmm. it. No, and the Nexus it. is like he's not. He's not. This isn't working. We need to give him shit to do. Yeah, so, he doesn't want to be happy in a family. He really does want to minute. be. I think you're on something, Chris. Because here's the thing, right? In the next movie, he gets to punch the Borg. In the movie after, oh, and he gets to touch the the Phoenix. Dicks. Oh. And in the movie after <laughs> that, he gets to get his dick touched by that sexy lady. And in the movie after that, he gets a sort of son. So, and in a couple of years now... These are all fantasies of his. He's going to have his own show wherein he's going to be like Indiana Jones in space. I think as long might, as that's Indiana Jones a, in space, I think, space, you might be onto I think this is for this. real. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime we see Picard from here on out, it's the Nexus. That's but, so, but do we have data now or lore? Both, <laughs> both simultaneously. Have. No, it's actually Sung. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the emotion ship was actually Sung's memories and then now Data uploaded into himself. No wonder he's so fucking lame. That's why he's going nuts. <laughs> Is that why they called him often wrong? Because his sense of comedic timing was often wrong? Ah. Nah. But yeah, there's other... So yeah, so the guy in an issue aside, we also have the issue that, yeah, how do... The, what are the mechanics of leaving the Nexus? Why mm -hmm. didn't he go back a month ago? Why didn't he go back before, you know, before the... The Armagosa son was destroyed and just like. You just arrest Soren yeah. then. Hey, you know what? Hey, you, you seem like a crazy guy. Go in jail. Hey, we know you've been conspiring with the Duras sisters. How do you know? We just fucking do. And here's another question. So Picard and Kirk get out of the Nexus to come do their thing. Now Soren, in original Exploding of Sons, 
had gone, had obviously gone into the Nexus, is off, you know, in his happy place, getting his dick touched by somebody. Maybe, maybe Kirk's horse, who knows. Yay. Is he still in the Nexus? Did he get forced out of the Nexus? Well, Does he remember any of this? Who knows? What the fuck is that? And Damn why, Nexus. And, and how about this? Why aren't there two Picards on the mountaintop? One Riker, one bridge. Like, because the Picard that went into the Nexus hadn't gone to the Nexus yet, and the Picard yeah. that came out of the Nexus is still there, so shouldn't they? Shouldn't there be two Picards and one Kirk fighting Soren? And then in that case, why does it matter that the Nexus is going to get them? They can just go back in and hop out again and have more and more Rikers. Oh, not Rikers. Kirks. Kirks and Picards every time. More Rikers, more bridges. (laughs) Yay. And a Riker in every pot. So, yeah, I don't know. There are lots, lots, lots of problems with this whole Nexus yeah, plot I know, and fight. I know Ronald Moore's rationalizing of why Picard didn't go earlier and, and pick on Soren then was because he... Oh, yeah, it's um because uh, uh, or Picard didn't want to fuck with the temporal timeline because he knows that's wrong. Yeah, that's the one. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Like this, we are saying, this feels like an overlong episode. Like, complete with it even like the, multiple like, episodes jammed together. Well, yeah, it feels like... It if feels they like, fix the Nexus, cut the data thing, I might have been more on board. It because even it has, wasn't... Like, I didn't hate this. I just mm-hmm. thought, like, the Nexus was dumb and data was dumb. It yeah. even has, like, an end-of-episode-style, like, epilogue between... Troy and Data. And like, yeah, that feels oh, like the which end. Is the best part. That feels like the end of an episode, though. You know, it's like, oh, so you decided to keep it? Oh, yes, because blah blah blah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Spot was great. Well, I do. It think... was so good. He was so happy to see Spot. I like. I did like that. That I, was such so a nice. So, who wrote this movie? Yeah. Was it? A, was it? Was it Star Feel, Trek? Feels yeah, like it was. No, it was more in Braga. So here's a thing, right? So more in Braga. I mean, Moore is a great writer. Braga's okay. So, like, I know that the two of them can write Star Trek stories. But what I think happened here is they wrote what they knew, which is TV. Mm. And they wrote it for two hours and said, we'll film it as a as a, as a movie. It, because... sounds, it sounds better than Maurice Hurley's pitch because they got a pitch from him, too. No. Uh, Michael Piller passed because there, there was too much competition. Well, he wasn't even on the show. No, but point. they, they it offered him a pitch anyway. And his pitch was to have Picard meet Kirk in a holodeck program, uh, like just like Leah Brahms, to help Picard solve a problem. And then they bang. Yeah. Well, honestly, that, that makes more logic logical sense in this film. But, yeah, I would say... Yeah, because here's the thing, right? In an episode, it would make sense to have the data thing happening because you in an episode, you have an A and a B plot. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I also think, though, that this the way it's written, it's written, it's written as an ensemble, but what they fucked up on is that they didn't realize, I don't think, when they were setting it up, that, oh, shit, it's a movie. Mm. We can't focus on seven characters for a movie. No. All right, so we're going to cut all that... The Deanna stuff, we're going to, you know, so that's, that cuts out most of the Renee stuff. We're going to cut all the, the Crusher stuff. Wait, there was never any to begin with. Nope. <laughs> um, you know, Riker's going to do hardly anything. Everyone is going to do hardly gonna anything. going to look great in that hat, though. And really, that's a big problem with these movies, too. What did Worf do? Is it... Stop promoting. He didn't, he didn't do terribly much, either. He was no, around. He, he at least said more stuff. When when they were like, oh, Worf, what kind of ship is that? Are there any weaknesses? He's like, well, it's like this, but that's not a weakness. And then they use that as a weakness, despite him not saying anything anything about that you see here's the problem is that for the all the movies and we'll and i think this will be validated with time mm-hmm. 
is that... Four does it best in using all these characters. Sure. But for the TNG movies, I think the issue is that the, the producers figured out, okay... Picard and Data are our two most popular characters. Those are the ones that everybody likes. Everybody likes Picard. Everybody likes Data. So the movies will just be Picard and Data. Done. Those are the only characters Sold. that anybody gives a shit about. So that's what we're going to do. First contact. And hell, we got they, the first contact poster right here. And who is it? Picard and Data. Well, yeah. But and see, Borg they, I think with first contact, even though it is largely Picard and Data, they did a good job of having a B-plot on the planet. So yeah. For everybody else? Yeah, for everybody else. Except for Crusher again, who gets stuck on yeah, the ship and doesn't have to do anything. Poor Bev. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I don't think these movies ever really give her anything to do. But yeah, so there's that. I mean, and then, you know, Insurrection is, is a Picard and Data show, and so is Nemesis. Oh, speaking of uh, Crusher, though, mm. I also noticed his wife in the Nexus was a redhead. Yeah. I was kind of hoping it was just going to be oh. Crusher. I expected it to be Crusher, and I'm almost that glad given it's her not. More, yeah. You know what I was thinking? But it's still, it was someone that kind of looked like it's, her. It's, it's like Picard's weird. ideal woman, basically. But here, you know what would, be inter- would have been really interesting and would have been a nice nod? If it was Loxana? Yeah. No, if it was, if it was his wife... Oh, from, from inner life. From inner life. <gasps> I kind of, oh, I kind of. And if it was his I family was, from inner life, and maybe that oh, would be. Oh, that would be so good. That'd be so hard for him to tear himself away from, too. But yeah, it would I also was... be just like with Riker and Minuet. It would be a. Rem- it would be something that would be like, mm-hmm. oh, it was never quite. Re- this is not quite right. Yeah, you she's know? not real. She's not yeah, a real yeah. person. Well, she least... is a real person. She's a dead ten thousand. It's, it's also why one of his children wasn't Wesley because we're like, get me out of here. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, true, but I don't want to face it. Like the fact that his wife is not a character we've ever seen before is a little weird. Yeah, it's just some because like why would he care about this person? Random ass. Like if it was really, Renee like, is a person we've like, never seen before. Like, Picard, I feel like Picard's happy place would probably be his his inner light family. Like, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. But, but, here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. Like. People who don't watch the show wouldn't understand what was going on. But if it was, but if they played it in the like basically the same script, you can even have them in Victorian clothes if you want for some uh, idiot reason. But no. I didn't. I like the but costumes. But if it's just on, on, not what was the name of that place? Fucking see Resic. But no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying just have the actress, mm-hmm. just have that actress being the wife, because. People that know the show yeah, and remember the episode would be like, oh, yeah, of course. And then people otherwise just would be the same as it is now. They yeah, just, we're just it's like just some woman. a woman we don't know. Yeah, like, yeah how, was... like, like how Kirk was going after Antonia when we'd never heard of Antonia. Yeah, before. who the fuck is she? There is. Of course. Oh, yeah, I've <laughs> never quite thing? understood. Oh, I was just going to say, like, when I wasn't Bev, I like flipped to the next picture and the book in my mind was, was like, is this the inner light woman? No, oh. it's not. Okay. Mm. Mm. Should have been Vash. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I don't think he loved Vash enough. No, he didn't, but... I reread William Shatner's chapter in Star Trek Movie Memories that's about this movie. And Kirk specifically, or Shatner specifically asked, you know, what, what is getting me out of the Nexus? Because, you know, originally it was just going to be Picard convincing him to leave. And Shatner and them worked out the... Him figuring out when he jumps over the thing with his horse... 
Fun fact, that was Shatner's own horse. Mm, yeah. That's why they worked well together and could do the jumps and stuff. That was really him doing the jumps? I don't know about that, but I know oh. he was on his own horse. Okay. Uh, and he really, he has a lot to say about horses in this book. Well, he's also a, a, I think that's his thing. Yeah, he's yeah. a thing So I wouldn't be surprised if he did his own yeah. stunts. But for him to kind of come to it on his own, like, no, this isn't real because I didn't have any fear when I jumped over that ravine. That was good. Yeah. That felt so that's very nice. Kirk. That's a that's nice totally touch. Kirk, yeah. So that it's also it also gives him some power. So it's not literally just him tagging along to the new Enterprise captain, yeah. which is a little bit sad. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I saw earlier too. We had the what the anticlimactic of the ship, the off-screen fridging of the relatives, and then the anticlimactic death of Kirk. Oh my God! What a fucking. I mean, not quite as bad as maybe as Sarek, since they do sort of save the world. Yeah. And I think Kirk would be glad to give his send-off in a movie. That is to say, Shatner would yeah. be glad to have Kirk's yeah. send-off in a film. That is true. But after that absolutely asinine struggle on the grate, which was just ridiculous, and to fall to his death, I don't know. But I thought I thought he did it well. I mean, I thought yeah. his acting no, he did. was actually he was just, quite good. It just was like... It's mm. better than his original death. What, have you seen the original death? No, but I've read about yeah, it. Yeah, because I read what, about the original what, 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 what death, they, too. When was it going to be? Yeah, Soren was... shoots him. In the back. In the back. And I, I think he still gets the, the same lines, the same, it was fun, oh my. Yeah. And Shatner added the oh my because he wanted him to have something profound to see in the next thing. Ugh. It was a little unclear. It sounded a little superficial kind of stuff. Yeah, and that seems like a, uh, Bill wants to say this, uh... Guys, all right, let him say what he wants to say. <laughs> Speaking of which, right, so we have old man fight. So let's talk about old man fight real quick. <laughs> so I know everyone's like, man, Patrick Stewart hasn't aged in, in 30 years. Well, you know what? He has, first of all. And also, it's because in the first 50 years of his life, he aged 80 years. <laughs> he started old. Yeah. Because I was looking at this, and Shatner, who's 10 years older than... Stewart looks a lot better. Actually. Looks a lot. Well, I don't know about better, but he looked younger for sure. I, I feel like maybe Shatner he dyes though, his hair or like, whatever. Works out. Shaz hair. Shatner works out. No, I read his book and he in in preparing for this movie. Like apparently, like months before this, he'd had a horse riding accident mm-hmm. oh, um, and had to do a lot of rec- recuperating. Oh, from that. okay. So he had to do a lot of he, he got back into running so that he could strengthen the leg back up. Okay, I could I could believe that. Well, and also this is him twenty oh, you know twenty eight years ago or whatever. Yeah, but, but yeah, I just mean Shatner's never struck me as the working out I don't know he's he's but he's also the vein type which means he wasn't gonna just sit back and let middle aged you know spread take him Jonathan Frakes that's what nipping tucking that's what nipping and tucking and airbrushing are for but but, you know I don't know I think Shatner was in pretty good shape he can still get it yeah no I mean for for especially like yeah he would have been in his 60s when this came out so yeah I'd say he's pretty did pretty well for himself Mm -hmm. yeah especially Um, when like Fucking acting in, where was this, Nevada? Like, north mm, of yeah. Las Vegas or some shit? In the goddamn desert? Ugh. Miserable. And he has to wear that, and Chet was in that wool uniform. Oh, yes, the turtleneck. Oh, no! The, the compromise was to put him in a vest, he was which like, was probably still made me. of wool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually think... This is a. I thought Shatner did a good job in this movie. I I thought, yeah, I oh yeah, no, 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 he did. He did very well. I just feel like he was like so many people in this, misserved by the script. Yeah, I actually watched 
in looking at the you know the intro scene, the first fifteen minutes where we're on the B with Dewin and 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 uh, what's the other one? Well, Koenig. Koenig. And it's like, yeah, this feels it feels like a TOS movie. And, you know, not, you know, it feels like one of the good TOS movies. The way that they have their banter, the way they're kind of setting it up. That clip I showed you was very, very much like Kirk climbing, what fucking mountain? El Capitan. El Capitan. Very much, you know, look, he's still virile and still going and still Being wants reckless. to be. Yeah, be Kirk. And then you could tell they switched to the TNG movie because they turned the lights way down. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so let's talk just real quick because we're running low on time. But Are we? Yeah. But let's talk real quick about the, the some of the redesigns on the Enterprise. In particular, the bridge has been redone significantly. Was it that significantly? Yeah. Okay, I don't notice a ton. So I read about well, it. And so I the still big don't changes were they so they elevated the the command area, which should have always been elevated, but you know, and they added stations. So back when they did uh, yesterday's Enterprise, they had stations uh, like. Off to the left and right. Off to the left and right, where the cabinets usually are. Mm. So they've added those back in, which is nice. Well, probably because they were like, oh shit, this is a widescreen thing now. It's going to look boring if there's just cabinets on the side of the screen at all times. But obviously the most significant change on the bridge is Worf got a fucking chair. Yep. Woo! Woo-hoo! They decided after making him lieutenant commander they'd let him stay. That's, that's and then it, he leaves, the fucker. You know, he says like all the uh, rights and privileges there, too. That must mean a chair. Yeah. Those are the only rights and privileges, just the chair. Yeah. Nothing else. Well, he now gets uh, his murder card is refreshed, so now he can kill another Klingon dignitary for free if he wants. Does he get nice. to keep that hat? I hope so. Well, yeah, they were apparently real because they were existing outside yeah, the holodeck yeah, they for were, quite a bit. They, were so. they should have fucking kept them. Yeah, God all it. the whole time. Instead of doing Looks this so swap between all these other shit. Because you're going to tell me that they had time to change? I mean, we weren't really doing... This was only a 24-hour period, a lot of the movie, right? Probably. I hate to tell yeah. you this, but apparently there's a Lieutenant Commander Worf in 19th century outfit. I yeah. saw that on the back there. But also, look at the face he's making. <laughs> yeah. for. Actually, that, that's just his face for both his figures. Yeah, they just replaced No, I they know, but, the heads. but like, why? But yeah, no, seriously though, like, I get they were like, oh boy, we're not on TV, we can do more dramatic lighting, but they forgot to do any lighting. It, <laughs> felt, like. it, it felt like a different thing. Like, they were like, oh yeah, a lot of the light's coming in from like... Natural sources outside the ship, which is a really interesting idea when you're in an area with windows like Picard's ready room, like 10 forward. But, like, the bridge is a screen. Mm. Why aren't the lights on? Don't they have a... Is that a window above? Yes, they, sh- yeah, they show see, that it, it's a window. Yeah, I see it is. broken at the end. Uh, yeah, they just have everything made thing. of glass. Well, yeah, why are all the windows made out of glass? glass and not evidently. transparent aluminum? And, like, not even, like... I'm pretty sure on spaceships... When you have windows, they have to be like pretty thick, incredibly, to stand up to the uh, pressure, the, mm. the pressure of uh, yeah space. Well, lack of pressure of space, but the pressure inside the ship. Anyway, but those looked like they were just like tempered glass windows, like yeah. you'd have in any shop. Yeah, no, they look like shit. And like this is scene, like so yeah, they have the the skylights broken in the on the bridge, but then you also see there's a scene during the crash when like. A whole bunch of windows just shatter into a million little shards. Mm. Yeah, those and people are injured and or like, dead. What? It doesn't make any sense. We've established on this on Star Trek that transparent aluminum. And in fact, when the episode, what fucking episode was it? The one with the little wormholes. Uh, little oh yes. And, it op- and one of them opens a hole 
in the conference room window. Yeah. And it sucks everything to it. And I'm pretty sure Data even confirms in that episode that, I think, he says, oh, the something interacted with the transparent aluminum of the window. Yeah. The very huh. least, probably not fucking glass. Yeah, it's certainly not glass. Oh, God, what episode was that? I remember I that remember. one. Yeah, it was one where, where shit was going wrong. I feel like it was one of those ones that like it was fine, but not exactly memorable. It wasn't... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was matter. the B-plot of something. I want to say off, oh, but that doesn't sound right. It was the B-plot for uh, the one where Luoxana befriends Alexander. No, it wasn't. That was the poop. That was the aliens turning Oh, shit, poop. you're right. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that came up at one point. It did. I seem to remember involving shit in the conference room. Yeah, apparently at some point during the refit where they got new stellar cartography, they also replaced all the windows with whatever it is they make the tables out of. <laughs> that mm-hmm. Warf will smash through? Warf, Kalar. Klingons in general. Yeah. And always in front of Troy for some reason. Yeah. But if they're not Klingon proof, how are they going to be space proof? Mm. Mm. That's true. No, I wanted to add, ask Chris. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of the Enterprise B? Because I forget where I didn't look up look up your list. Ooh. Is it the bottom of the list? The Excelsior class is a beautiful ship, except this variant. How many variants of Excelsior class are there? Oh, Two. Don't ask okay. that. <laughs> the original and okay. this ugly fucker. So the A is still Excelsior class. Which one? Wait, no, the, the original. A is constitu- the Excelsior is Excelsior class. Okay. Yeah. This is Excelsior class, but that's the Enterprise B version. But the okay. B has this bulge here. Yeah. And also, man. But this is also, if you look at it, this is labeled Excelsior, which is stupid. Dumb. Yeah, oh, it is. That annoys me. It also has um, two extra thrusters here. Sure. So they've made the the saucer clunkier, and they added this horrible, horrible, ugly fucking thing. They added that horrible fucking thing so that it would be clear that the Nexus just chopped some of it off. No, I know, yeah. I know. Like, I get why they did it, although... Because otherwise there'd be no way that only Kirk was was taken from Yeah. Kirk. I mean, I get why they did it narratively, but I still think they've ruined a perfectly good ship for it. Because I remember seeing, like, concept art for this film, like, storyboards... And they originally just had a normal Excelsior class in the storyboards, and they had just a gash down the side. When did we see one? Hmm? When did we see them? See what? what? Excelsior class. The Excelsior in Star Trek 3 and 6. Oh, okay. Sulu's ship, and we see a ton of them <laughs> yeah, in yeah, TNG. Uh, a ton of them in TNG. I'm totally kidding. Thank I didn't you. Know but basically, I don't know what's going on. No, I, I don't the, know their names of it. No, Basically, either. take the Enterprise B and get rid of the ugly bulge. You, and remember, that's, you remember Captain Fancy Baton. Yeah, that was the, the original Excelsior. Transwarp Drive, Search for Spock. No, oh, I've I've put Search for Spock. Out Sulu of my mind. Sulu ship in six. Sure, really far out of my mind. And also, yes, it's like eighteen different ships in TNG. Yeah, anytime they're like taking on a dignitary, that's always from an Excelsior. It seems. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it. The Excelsior class is a lovely ship. The Enterprise B version of the Excelsior class makes me very sad. Weird there. Weird that they. Fucking had to change it and well, not just make yeah. a new new fucking ship and call it that. Well, they don't. So the thing is, it had already been accepted that the Enterprise B was Excelsior class because um, it had been, I think, just sort of a fan assumption for a long time. But I remember on the first season or two of TNG, the uh, conference room had the like ship silhouettes on the wall, mm-hmm. so they already had a, an Excelsior silhouette for the Enterprise B. Oh, did mm-hmm. they? That's sneaky. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I also don't. 
I mean, I get that they wanted the, the ribbon to go out and smack a part of the ship, but I don't know. Yeah, it still could have just, they could have found a different way. Yeah. I know, and how close do you have to be to the ribbon for it to snatch you? That like gets back to the poorly defined you know, mechanics of the ribbon. Nexus. Like, it should have like taken some other people off the ship, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah, well, well, that would have been, been great. It's like, right as they're about to go, it's like, hi! What? what? Who the fuck are you? I'm Lieutenant Junior Grade Smith. I was also on the ship. Can I go too? <laughs> I sure, I guess. I oh. want to punch some old guy. I'm tired of having a carousel in my living room. <laughs> no one would be tired. That be that thing was great. So I know Ames. You explained that the random grizzled old man on the boat Enterprise in the, the lady, holodeck. The lady Washington. The lady Washington. Thank you. The, the old grizzled man was the ship's real-life captain. Mm. But I still want to know, assuming he's not just created by the holodeck, who is that man on the Enterprise-D? What is his job? What is his rank? Or is he a civilian? He's a line cook. He's the swabby. <laughs> he does look like a swabby. He does. Yeah, interesting note about that scene. Again, I, m- I remember watching all these behind-the-scenes mm. things when I was a kid. Is that when Worf is climbing back up the stairs, or back up the ladder onto the deck, you notice... That his knees are covered in what looks like blood. I know. Yeah, I, I asked. Red. I asked. Like, what happened to the dwarf's knees? So the the real story behind that is apparently they their shooting schedule was such that they had just finished painting that boat when they were shooting that scene, and the paint had not dried. So when Michael Dorn was climbing back up the side of the ship, his knees rubbed against the red paint that was still wet on the ship, and he. Uh, Made it look like he had blood, and it's it's amusing to me that they didn't like bother. They just left that in. Yeah, I mean they weren't going to shove Bev off the boat again, were they? I mean, I'm sure. I mean, that assumes they only did one take. That's also probably not really Gates McFadden. You know, was probably her stunt person. I know Gates did a lot of her own stunts in uh, in the show. That's true. Well, and getting pushed off a boat's not really much of a stunt. No, but But you have to get pushed into wharf. Yeah, well, the, yeah, like, she <laughs> fell into him, so that is technically... And sometimes, again, it's not a question of if the actor wants to do it. It's if the production will let them. That's also true. Um, insurance yeah, insurance purposes. Yeah. Yeah, so like, that also means that Dorn was probably getting high off of that ship. Because, hmm. you know, huffing paint wet fumes. paint. I don't know how much... No, I am speaking. Not really. Paint. No, I, I was actually once in a play where the flats had just been painted that... the. But opening night, the flats were finished. Were they yeah, using could... spray paint? Because that's a whole different... No, no, but it was just... The, in, during they the were whole, spray painting in place. During the whole opening night, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Yeah, no thank you. Whiffy evening. Well, there are two little things I wanted to also bring up. One was mm-hmm. that there was... They had they cut a whole bunch of stuff because they had a scene on planet, which is why for a while I'm wondering like, huh, what happens to all the rest of the crew once they're on the planet? Oh, they just get zapped. It feels like we totally forgot that they fucking existed. That's because there was originally going to be a whole additional plot with them on planet because the Duras sisters would have survived, gone down to the planet. And I'm going to read you a quote from the book. I'm going to read you a quote from this book that I think Caitlin will enjoy thoroughly. Okay, I'm ready. A 10-page sequence that followed the crew after the saucer crash was, was not trimmed until the fourth draft. The well-armed Duras sisters and a few surviving henchmen turned up to demand a shuttle after they fled their ship in escape pods. Riker responded to the theft by sending data to deal with the sisters, <laughs> since only an android could survive their sexual omnivorousness. A bedraggled data finally emerged to announce that, quote, 
I believe I have opened negotiations. Just as one of his arms fell off. What? He is later disassembled to help repair the shuttle systems and computer. Blah, 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 blah. But they, then they decided Lurch and Beto just die. That is the stupidest thing I have stupidest ever heard. Stupidest or best? Yeah, I mean... Data fucked him to death. Death by Shnoo Shnoo. The best kind. No. That... No. No. Oh my god. What? Oh. Was Gene secretly still alive? Yes. He's been taking over people's bodies. Max was in the emotion chip. It's Gene. (laughs) What I find most interesting is that the Duras sisters apparently call their hoo-hahs negotiation. Oh, no. I just, 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 just. Yeah? I mean, I I was confused for a while of like, what? We're just going to ignore everybody on the ship after they yeah. crash landed. It's like, oh, they crash landed. Oh, they get exploded. So much for surviving that crash landing. There is no way, no way, Klingon ships are equipped with escape pods. That's mm, true. That would be very mm, dishonorable. That would be unhonorable. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, you could claim they retrofit them because they're already honorless, but still. So, just, oh, oh, that's I true. didn't even say the thing that, the, okay, if, if there is one thing about this movie that pisses me off more than anything else... And it always has. It is this. And I quote mm. Commander Riker. We're going to have two seconds to do this. So we need the torpedo to hit them as soon as they start to cloak. Mm-hmm. Data, start the cloak. Okay. We're, ah, we're cloaking. Our shields are down. Start the timer. One, <laughs> one thousand. Two, one thousand. Three, <laughs> one thousand. Fire! Four one thousand, five one thousand. It's like I, it, I, I tr- tried to time it once. It's like literally thirteen or fourteen seconds between when yeah. their cloak happens and the torpedo hits them. And even if you assume they're cutting back and forth between things happening simultaneously, it's still too. Even long. the amount of time that we see the the torpedo traveling from yeah, the they took forever. So the whole point of this, I feel like this is an editing problem. I feel like the editor didn't get the memo yeah. because I thought the whole point was that they would fire the torpedo. And then it would be flying toward them, and they would look at it like, "What's that gonna do?" Mm. And then, and then right before it hits the guys, then the guys that would make more sense. Our our shields are down, and then the torpedo hits them right then. That does, and that's way more sense, and it's more tension. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I don't know. It it just. that also the way it's know, cut is just so bad. I think like the reaction shots of Lursa and Vega. Well, you can still them. Knowing that you they're can fucking see, like, like they're standing there, they're looking at this torpedo. Like, really, he fired a torpedo? What's he think that's gonna do? We got our shields, and they're looking at it kind of like. Eh. And then the guy says, oh, we're, "We're cloaking. Our shields are down." And then they then they have that reaction shot, like what? And, and then, boom! Yeah. It also, again, it just ba-doom. felt to me. I said at the time, like a really knock, a cheap reenactment of Christopher Plummer's death in Six. Yeah, like the really the long, drawn out. Like mm. in there, it worked. What light through yonder window uh, destroys me? But this was just like, you know, the wacky idiot sister version. Yeah. God. Yeah. Another thing too. So when the Enterprise fights the Borg. Mm-hmm. The Borg, they have to adapt their shields, right? They have to do that. Why didn't they do that here? The whole point, the whole reason the Dura sisters were able to blow them up is because they knew the shield frequency and they know that right away. 
So they just rotate that fucking frequency yeah, to that's be a good all point. set. I was kind of wondering about that too. Like, is that not something you can just... Also, again, I mean, this, this I say this almost in jest because it's Starfleet, but why is the fucking shield frequency just printed on a fucking yep. monitor mm. right there why well up, why doesn't it update every couple of seconds that would it should be nice. always be it should always be fluctuating that's well especially that that's even really if that hadn't been sop before it should have become standard once everyone knew about the board well i also assume that the enterprises weapons have to be tuned to the same frequency so that they can Go out. Yeah. There should be. Then in that case, they're connected. So yeah. 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 They're no, both. You they're just, both. You, refor- you rephrase like, your shields. You rephrase your. It's like yeah. we said last week with the World War One fighters. It's the twenty fourth century version of making sure you don't shoot off your own propeller. But with that, if that's true, did we say that last week? Yeah, we were talking about it. If the sh- maybe there. that's not true because if the shields have to have the same frequency as the weapons, then the Enterprise's weapons should have been able to go through the Klingon shields. So maybe that's not true. Because the Klingon weapons would have had the Klingon shields would have had to have the same frequency to allow their weapons. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Oh, that's a good point. So I don't know. I don't know how this works. Mm. I don't think the writers do either, to be honest. Probably not. It looked. If you don't think about it, it looks good. It was a decent like the next battle. Like the don't think about the the the. The special effects for the yeah. battle were pretty nice. Yeah, until they cheaped out on the fucking... Yeah, the explosion at the end. Like, the fact that, like, we've seen many, many shots of this fucking bird of prey. It's in orbit around a planet. When it blows up, there's no fucking planet. Hmm. And the worst part is... Have it, it's, bird of prey right here. It's an Blow appreciably... It it's an appreciably different film quality. They couldn't even go through and try to kind of tidy it up a Blow little. it up and send them the footage so they have another bird I of play blowing up. Yeah, this was released with the movie. Too. No, but here's the joke, though, is what you do is you make it look like you're gonna do that in your backyard. You've hooked it up with some dynamite and the whole nine yards. And then, and then you, then you splice the... in <laughs> the bird of prey from should, the film. We should actually do that. That, that would be, be fucking hysterical. I'd watch it. I'd love twice. I, I just want to see like someone do a thing where like they go through and they make a bunch of different ship explosions in Star Trek. Just that bird of prey. Even if it hadn't been a bird of prey five seconds before. They blow up the board cube. <laughs> bird of prey. That'd be really funny. Blowing up, uh, you know, a fucking uh, Nero ship going to the black hole at the end of the Calvin movie. Bird of prey. Cool. One last thing I wanted to show you guys. Jake might know this. I don't know if the rest of you know this. Uh, is that Star Trek Generations marks the first website ever dedicated solely to a movie on the internet. Oh, really? In 1994. Oh, good for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, does it still exist? I have it in the Wayback Machine. Wow. It is oh. very 1994. Ooh, wow. it is. Better looking than I would have thought. And yeah, that's I'll fair. I'll share this on the thing. There are two options. You can watch the gra- graphics rich and text only. Because reminder... <laughs> I remember those days. It was 1994. Amazing. And, it was, and you were probably on I mean, dial-up. Well, not just that, but like... You know, the internet, or, well, the, not the internet, but the World Wide Web was, what, 1991? So this is, how many people had even had the web at this point? I don't know, yeah, not many, but certainly nerds. Yes. Oh, God, this movie's got to be 25 years old this November. Wow. You know, they have a little menu that looks like one of the L cars kind of things. Oh, God, movie preview, movie. right? I sit there and download it. Oh, gosh, probably. For six hours. So I had a, uh, speaking of multimedia stuff, I had a video game that went with this movie. It was like I have very limited memory recollection of it. It it was a, followed the plot of the movie very loosely, mm. and it was kind of like a Doom clone sort of game. Okay, you walked around in different environments. I think there was some on ship stuff too, but hmm. 
Oh, you can download. There's a bunch of GIF GIFs. Well, I mean, the, I th- I'm assuming. I, I don't, I yeah, I don't think they around. exist anymore. They're probably long gone. But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And you know, it was, it was it was after this because you know there also weren't a ton of people using the internet at the time, and they were surprised that they got so many views because a lot of people also came back and relooked at things and nerds and all that stuff. That after that, other other movies started saying, "Yeah, we'll have a website for our movie too," and all this stuff. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. One and, of those sounds. The opening narration from preview one is 327 kilobytes, which... That is some high sound that, quality. Well, I just... I mean, just the fact that that even was available on the internet at this time, you know, to download, no, that, that would have taken Oh, you could have gotten Data's laugh. <laughs> Make that my ringtone. Oh, six kilobytes. God, no. Oh, Data. I, data at the end with Spot was great. Yes. Data for most of the rest was annoying. The oh shit was pretty good. The oh shit was good. Oh shit was great. Yeah, mostly that was frustrating. Uh, and the other highlight, of course, is the Jordy roll. Mm, that's good. Jordy's oh, where he ends in that little like he he does like a perfect bear, like a perfect like like a pirouette kind of yeah. thing. What word is that? What word I'm looking for? Sure. Um, Works for me. Yeah, and then like comes out of it like hey. Yeah. Mm. Perfect little sexy oh, Jordy's roll. Yeah, best roll. So do they actually? They must have actually just destroyed the set to yeah. the final scene. Just they did. Just trashed it. They trashed it because they were they had to make room for Voyager anyway. Well, that's. I mean, I guess that's what that's fine. But at the same time, it's kind of a bummer that they yeah, didn't uh, gone. save it. I know. I think I read somewhere that somebody acquired the. So they re they recreated the bridge set. A little, you know, different scale and stuff, but they recreated it for the Las Vegas Star Trek experience. Mm. And once that exhibit ended, somebody like bought the the sets from that. Yeah, there, there, there was at least several years ago. I don't know if it's still happening, but there was like a fan project to rebuild screen accurate versions of the Enterprise sets. So the guy that owns the Las Vegas stuff. Was involved with that pretty heavily, I think. Mm. And a lot of that's on hold because of certain accusations of impropriety. Oh. Yeah. Well. Hmm? Did they bang on it? No, no, but I mean, he he was inappropriate with ladies. Ooh. Who was? Allegedly. Who? This guy that owns this Las Vegas set that Jake was talking mm. about. Ew. Well, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I was reading about it not that long ago. Why do people have to turn out to be creepers? Yeah, God I know. damn it. They took the wrong fucking lessons from Jordy. Just do the roll. That's fine. Yeah, do the roll. End up in the pose. Man, whoever like at Starfleet made the decision to build all these Galaxy Class ships at great expense must be kicking themselves. There's already two of them that fucking destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it had uh, your your favorite teddy bear moment, Jake. I know the, the fucking t- yeah. the fucking teddy bear. The fucking bear. <laughs> I don't know. Even knowing it coming because because the first time Jake and I watched this and Jake's points, I'm like, oh, there's. Teddy bear alert, teddy bear alert. I'm like, oh no, they're going to do it. And then they drop it and I still feel like, oh no, teddy bear. Fucking work, it made me have feels. God damn it. What part of the ship were they evacuating at that point? Because The what? daycare. Like yeah, the, shouldn't the, daycare, the families already be in the saucer? Yeah, there shouldn't be any daycare in the drive section. There shouldn't be any, like sick bay isn't in the drive section. Maybe it was take your daughter to work day. See, Maybe. I thought I thought either I read somewhere or I, or I heard a, a moment of them saying, like, we're going to move everyone to the front of the saucer, knowing that the, the warp core was going to blow behind them and then mm. therefore blast at the back of the, the saucer section. That makes sense. That's my 
So in that case, the teddy bear is fine. Moore it's just another. Right it's there. just somebody will find the teddy bear when they're looking around the ship, or Spot. they'll just replicate a new one. They'll Spot be has already found it and torn it to shreds. Good, Good cat. Good cat. Pissed on it. Good spot. Spot was never getting that smell. Hers now. Yeah. No, cats don't piss on things. They well, they mark, but I don't know. Well, we know she ain't fixed. Could have been fixed after she had her kittens. They data could be like, man, that iguana didn't feed these kittens. I don't want any more. <laughs> no more dead kittens. Oh God. R.I.P. Those kittens. They're fine. All right. Is that all we have to say about Star Trek Generations? Yeah, it was thoroughly middling. It was fine. Yeah, it's yeah. not the worst thing in the world. It's certainly not the best thing. Yeah, there were just a couple of things that infuriated me, but like I, I could see, I could see a pretty good movie in here. If Somewhere, they, if they, yeah. If they had like smoothed it over a bit and fixed some stuff, just that one more they didn't edit. Need. This one will, more this, edit. I will just, I'll say. I mean, this movie will definitely make my top five TNG movies list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and with that, I think it's time to get out of here because we've been going on for a while. A little bit. Um, Not that long for what for one of the movies. Yeah. yeah it's also hot. Yeah. So I want to get the AC back on. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have today, folks, for Star Trek Generations, a Star Trek movie on A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. Whoa. About a movie. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. It's crazy how that works. Walk away. Um, yeah, so some ups, some downs, but all in all... Some rolling around. Okay. With yeah, okay. with Jordy. Not as bad as it could have been, but certainly not as good as it should have been. Nowhere near yeah. as bad as I expected. Next next week on our show, though, we'll be talking about what is, I think, widely regarded. I won't say, you know, completely, but I think widely regarded as the strongest of the TNG films. And that is, of course, Star Trek First Contact. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about that next time. But until then, you can find us on the internet, on Facebook and Tumblr and Twitter. Our name is SSHB Podcast. You can search for us. You can also find us at SSHBpodcast.com, as well as on Apple Apple Music and Podcasts Apple, and, yeah. and Google Podcasts and Music. And you can always download our show at our home on the web at SoundCloud.com. Search slash us. <laughs> that didn't come out right. Um, Two more. You know, three more. You got three more after this. Oh, game. we're gonna we're gonna do I'm, it up. I'm gonna make you guys so proud. We're doing it up. Yeah. So uh until then, uh though, my name has been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. This is always Caitlin. And remember, time is the fire in which we burn. Nice. Um,